For moments crowded with laughter, listen to this show. Then you'll be happier after when off to work you go. All the cares throughout the day will dwindle away, and you will say the day is happier after the show. Hello. Hello. How you doing, Paul? Good. This is the first time I've used a MP MP3 Skype recorder in years, so uh, <laughs> hopefully this works. But uh, yeah, so uh, it's funny. I you listen to Mike Myers' podcast, right? I do. Yeah. Uh, I I don't listen to very many podcasts very often, and like usually I focus on one. But then I started talking with a few of the guys that do uh, DC everything else with him. So I started listening to those, and it was just so funny hearing the startup of the Skype song. And <laughs> But anyways, uh, as you said, very unloaded, undownloaded podcast. I have no idea. We just do this for fun now, so it fits well. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anybody wants to hear what I have to say, but we'll see. Yeah, well, I don't know. you got more followers than I do, so you actually probably have more people to care about what you have to say. <laughs> Ah, so yeah, so we, uh, I've been talking to you, we've actually been talking for quite a long time, because I got to know you a bit back in the days when we were both really into Valiant Comics and part of the Facebook fan group. Uh, really? Yeah, yeah, we used to talk back then, um, and then you kind of got out of Valiant a little while before I did, but it probably wasn't terribly long afterwards that, uh, when they... They partnered with DMG and then ended up getting bought out by DMG. That it just kind of faded for me too. But things come and go, and that's kind of what our podcast is about tonight. I guess is uh talking about how we go about reading comics, and uh, I think you and I have both uh, had a similar journey with realizing we don't have to read things, we don't have to buy things, and kind of discovering what really matters to us. So yeah, yours has been going a little bit longer than mine. So well, you've been reading comics much longer than me, so you had a, a that, that much is more true. established uh, addiction to <laughs> fight against. So tell me, when did you start reading comics? How did you get into comics? Uh, the earliest comic that I remember um, was in 1974, and it uh, was Action Comics, I think 464. I'm looking for that box right now. So, let's see. Action Comics 445. That was my first comic that I actually remember buying. It came out in 1974 in March. Um, and that's what kind of started me as being a Superman fan. Nice. How old are you? Um, I am 51 years old this year. So in 70, I can't do the math. How old were you then? <laughs> uh, in 74, I was six. Okay. Couldn't read much of the words I don't remember, but I do remember having my parents read it to me uh, over and over again. Um, you know, back in 1974, there were no comic shops. We had to get our comics from a drugstore on a spinner rack. Um, and so every time we went to the drugstore, I always wanted to get the newest Superman book. So um, that was kind of like my first and my favorite. Um, and then shortly after that, um, I believe in like four or five months, the first Spider-Man book I remember owning is 135, and that is the iconic cover of him in the middle with the spider legs going out with uh, Punisher and Mary Jane and J. Jonah Jameson all around the outside edges. That's a good one. They've used that cover for a lot of different uh, marketing publicities. Yeah. So basically, since I was six, comics have, for the most part, been part of my life. 
I didn't get into comics until, let's see, probably about eight or nine, well, I had a couple dabbles in comics before that, but I really got into comics only just eight or nine years ago, uh, right before my son was born, basically. We moved to Maine. Uh, my wife's from Maine. I'm from California. And uh, we moved to Maine, and we got uh, pregnant with our, our first and only child within the first year of living in Maine. But it was after moving to Maine that I got back into comics, um, because I was a really uh, prolific literature reader. But moving to Maine, and I, uh, the the business I took over when I moved out here was in it was it was pretty awful. So my stress level was too high to focus on literature. And uh, I started with with Batman, and then started dabbling in X Men. And then uh, when I went to my first like legit comic shop out here, it was Coast City Comics in Portland. And I just said I've been reading some superhero stuff, but I kind of want to try something different. And they got me to pick up uh, Ninja Turtles, which that resonated with what I loved as a kid. I never read the comics, but as a kid, I loved the cartoon. I loved the, I had tons of the action figures, the video games. Uh, so for me, that that hits the nostalgia button. And then uh, they also got me to check out Valiant. The first one I got was Archer and Armstrong. And so like those two things are pretty much what got me to stay in the comics, along with kind of spreading out with other stuff. So that's a little bit of mine. So my, my son was uh, born right basically right after I started reading comics so he's kind of been at least exposed to them his whole life but let me tell you you're saying like you saw that Superman when you turned six that's around the yes. age that he started he was always kind of interested in seeing them but like the last couple of years I'll give him something like I gave him um, like an old issue of Guardians of the Galaxy that I got like out of a quarter bin or something like that and he just poured over the images in that book and there's just no, nothing like seeing him do that. That's fantastic. I, I'm so jealous. I've got a going on 14 year old son, and he could care less about the comics. Yeah. <laughs> he loves the movies. He watches them. He's a Star Wars fan. He's a MCU movie fan. He likes the DC universe. He's enjoyed the movies. And uh, hey, here, here's further adventures of that great movie you just watched. Yeah, I'd rather play a video game. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably my more my thing as a kid was uh, playing video games. Um, yeah, so so you started off into Superman. Obviously, been a longtime Superman fan, um, and few couple few years ago, you started uh, talking a lot about how you kind of felt stuck with what you were getting, I guess. And started thinking a little bit harder about it. You want to kind of say where you were at? You started questioning all your collecting habits. Thinking about like what oh. you should really spend your money on, like Superman, for example. You weren't sure if you should keep getting it. So we can actually go back to the, the mid '90s. I was at the the peak of my Superman collecting. Like um, you could almost call that my bedroom was a fortress of solitude with the amount of Superman material that was in here, um, statues and posters. And for Christmas, my parents got me a 1946 box of Kellogg's cornflakes with Kirk Allen on the front. <laughs> And a uh, ad for a Superman belt with proof of purchases on the back. I, I don't know where they found it to this day. Um, but oddball things like that. I was at the point where I was buying weird stuff like that because there's nothing left for me to buy. <laughs> Obsession doesn't even begin to describe it. And um, then DC did a storyline called the Electric Blue and Electric Red Superman and it didn't resonate with me at all. Um, 
and I should have known it was just a storyline. I should have just rode out the storm, but uh, furious and frustrated. I was like, all right, I'll wait till the storyline's over with and everything will be fine. And then what they do, they split Superman up and sent him through different areas of time. And so the first, Superman was divided into the golden age, the silver age and the modern age. And I had it. Um, I don't know what came over me, but I went to my local comic shop and I told the owner I wanted out completely and I sold everything. He begged me not to sell. He told me this was a mistake. I didn't want to listen to him. And... I did, and I sold everything. When I mean everything, everything. Um, nothing. I had no comics left in the house at all, no comic memorabilia, nothing. Um, biggest mistake of my life. Um, so when a few years, and I was out for, good Lord, probably 10 years, and it wasn't until after I was married that my wife wanted to go shopping, and I stuck my head into the into the comic shop, and got a little bit of that bug that we all very familiar <laughs> with and i'm trying to think what i picked up it wasn't superman i want to say i picked up some batman i believe and of course that mutated back to superman and that was around the time of our worlds at war and so i uh, i bought all of that and was out almost as quickly as i came in um that that bug didn't last long go forward a few more years and you're talking about that valiant stage um, I walked into the comic shop, won something different, and my store wasn't a huge Valiant store, but he said, you know, this is some good stuff. It's not your superhero kind of thing. It's a little out there. And I picked up uh, Exo Man of War 18, I believe it was. And I absolutely loved it. Um, Robert Venditti is a phenomenal writer. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, all right, well, okay, let's see. I'll go back and buy 17, I'll buy 19, and then what else does this company do? And then I was all in on Valiant. Um, up until the point where they decided that it was better to cancel all of their long-going series and do a bunch of miniseries. And their 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 reasoning was, well, everybody's got a jumping-on point at number one, and I, my reasoning was everybody also has a jumping-off point. Yeah, and so stuff definitely started getting shaky there. There was still some good stuff for a while, but... It wasn't too long, and it got to be too many number ones for me, too. Yeah. Um, so got out of Valiant, and time runs together. So if my timing is off on here, uh, I apologize. But I believe at that around time, the new 52 was starting up um, when I bailed out of Valiant. And so I gave that a shot. Um, obviously, with Superman, it was okay. Um, I really liked the Batman stuff. Um, what Scott Snyder did was was probably some of the best Batman work done in my opinion. Yeah. And I stuck with that for quite a while. And I don't know, probably about three years in, I think I bailed for a year again. And then I came back right before the end of the new 52 and my, the, my comic shop owner said, Hey, I know you've got this love hate relationship with Superman at the moment, but they're fixing to the kill of this Superman here and bring back the real Superman. Really think you should give this a shot. So um, I jumped back in with the um, the last couple issues of the New 52 Superman and read the the death of the New 52 Superman and the return of the uh, Crisis Clark Superman and fell in love with Superman all over again. And that rebirth, early rebirth Superman, is still some of the best stuff to this day. Uh, I absolutely adore it. So let's go to a few months ago, which I guess we were referring to. And 
I don't have a huge house. I've got a small house and I'm looking at, you know, all these boxes and compared to some people like Mike Myers that you mentioned and a few others that I know, I have a very small, like they would look at my collection and laugh. Yeah. Mike Myers um, will make anybody's collection feel small. <laughs> <laughs> but I've got sitting here, um, looking in front of me about seven long boxes and, um, about 15 short boxes and it's clutter. Yep. I, I, I enjoy what's inside the boxes, but it's clutter. And every Wednesday I go to the shop and I had six or seven or eight more books of clutter. So I'm at that point where do I go digital? Um, I enjoy the covers. Covers are great. I have a wall in my house that has nothing but comic book covers on it. Um, thankfully I have a wife that she doesn't like share my passion but she doesn't hinder my passion. Yeah, I feel you. There. So, That's my wife. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she has her own thing. She's one of those Harry Potter heads, and she's got her Harry Potter stuff on the wall. And um, So we kind of share our fandoms and our geekdoms. But, uh, yeah, I just – I don't know if I need all this clutter in my life anymore. At 51, you know, it's – I love them. I enjoy reading them. But I'm not a collector. I'm not one to go out and go to a con and drop $700 on a book that I really, really want to read. If I want to read it, I'll spend $1.99 on digital and, yep. and read the book that way. Even if you're going to spend 700 bucks on a book, you wouldn't read it. <laughs> you yeah. wouldn't open it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, unless you're Mike Myers. Yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> I really think he, I think he truly reads every book he buys. The only two books that I could imagine spending over a grand on, and even then, like, Fiscally, that's not even a, a, a thought right now. Um, would be Ninja Turtles number one and uh, Giant Size X Men number one. Those are the only two books I could even imagine spending that kind of money on. Uh, I was going to say one of them had to be X Men. Yeah, and so you know, you're talking about getting into to Superman. You know, obviously when you were young. So for me, mm -hmm. uh, I was I was born in '83. So like I started getting exposed to comics in the the early '90s. My my cousin liked them, and nothing about them appealed to me. Like I looked at the comics he had, and they it was hard to read, hard to follow. Um, like reading the the speech bubbles didn't make a whole lot of sense. Like with how they were laid out to me, I was just like, why would I want to read this? Um, but I was intrigued by the art and stuff like that. And of course, I liked the characters. Like um, the reason I got into X Men is one of my exposures to comics as a kid was the '90s X Men cartoon, um, X Men video game stuff like that. You know, so. Like, X-Men was kind of the first, one of the first uh, superhero comic things that resonated with me. But, like, 90s comics, even now, like, I know there is good stuff in 90s comics, but it definitely wasn't the most popular stuff. Like, the most popular stuff was, it sold because people were into the stuff that I just, I don't care for, you know? So it wasn't until years later that, that I gave comics another try. Um, when I was... So the first comics I bought was it was because I was right out of high school. I had gotten really into Kevin Smith, which I think everybody does when they're right out of high school. And then a couple years later, <laughs> they probably grow up a little bit. But uh, he was just starting to write Green Arrow at that time with Phil Hester doing the art. And the, those covers were amazing. Uh, so I started getting Green Arrow from issue one. Um, the, the Quiver arc, uh, Phil Hester, you know, like that was mm -hmm. awesome. Kevin Smith had also written Daredevil at that time, so I, I started collecting that, and 
I mean, that was way back before the days of eBay. So that was like you had to be lucky to find the stuff at the comic shop. And there was one comic shop in between where I lived with my aunt and uncle and where I went to the community college. And I used to ride my bike to the community college, like eight miles across town and back. So I started stopping by the comic shop. And, like, that's a fond memory, stopping by, getting, you know, the the new comic. I was only getting a couple different comics. And if I was lucky enough to find something that I wanted that was a back issue, it was just awesome, you know? Plus, as a kid, I didn't have much money. I was, like, you know, 18, 19 years old. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, so that was really cool. But I got really into it for a while. And then I kind of got out of it when I got a little oversaturated on Kevin Smith. And the first time I used eBay was to make an account and sell all those comics I had gotten. That was my, my first time using eBay. Um, years later, hadn't read a comic in years, and I meet my wife. She really stoked up my passion for reading in general, because I'd always been passionate about reading, but she like really got me going. She's, she's a natural speed reader, so she blows through books like just freaking ridiculous. It's just disgusting. Really, I'm <laughs> super jealous of it. Um, but we were at that time, I don't know if you ever use these websites. There's a website called 43 things where you made like lists of things you wanted to do. There's another uh, website that was associated called lists of best. And you can make lists for, and share them with other people. But anyway, so we discovered a, a list of time magazines, hundred best novels of the 20th century. And we were just pounding through that list of books. One of them on there was the Watchmen. So a comic book, and I, I had no interest. But finally, my my wife was the one that said, "Hey, we should just do this. That we should read this, you know." So we went to uh, Borders when it, that still existed. Uh, they used to always have coupons once a week that you get an email for like forty percent off a book or something like that. So we got Watchmen, and I read Watchmen, and Watchmen is actually what got me into comics. Which, talking to people now, uh, you know, most people, when they're trying to sell people on comics, would not recommend Watchmen to somebody new because it's way too heavy. But uh-huh. coming off of reading stuff like, you know, Ulysses, Watchmen's not heavy. So <laughs> I read that and I liked it, but I didn't want superhero stuff. So I was like, what else do I read? And I had remembered that I had a friend uh, years before that that got really into Sandman. So I started reading Sandman, and I loved Sandman. Still one of my favorite things. Read through uh, through all of it. I had collected all the trades up until the last, like, I think I had 12 of 15 trades. And this was about the time that we were looking at moving to Maine. I was like, oh, I'm kind of getting tired of having comics. Like, what do I really care? But I had somebody that worked for me that loved Sandman, and somebody had stolen her collection of Sandman graphic novels. So I said, if you buy the last three and let me let me borrow them to read, I'll give you all the ones that I have. So I, I gave her all the ones I had. She bought the last three. I read them. And uh, and I was like, oh, okay, that's it with comics. We moved to Maine. And I just kind of figure I'm done with comics. But then I kind of started dabbling back in when I needed something else to do. My wife was the one that told me to go to Coast City Comics when they were having a, they were having a buy one, get one free back issue sale. She told me to go there because she worked uh, it's downtown Portland. And she worked just down the street from it. And she's very big about local businesses, so she's always, you know, she doesn't care about comics. But she's the one that got me to go there, and that's what got me hooked on comics. Like, not only comics themselves, but uh, Tristan, the owner of the shop, uh, another guy that worked there, Jarrett, who, uh, he doesn't work there anymore, but he actually is working on writing his own comics. Um, And, uh, like, those two guys got me hooked on comics, and that was it. But, uh... 
like to your point i kind of did the same thing where it's like i was subscribing to stuff and you start to get this like i gotta subscribe because i can't miss it right like if i miss it it's gonna be gone but the like the problem with new comics is like how many new comics are actually valuable you spend four bucks a pop on them and most of them you couldn't sell them for four bucks no matter how hard you tried you know sometimes you can make your money back or get a little bit more but it's rare and uh, i went through that a lot like getting stuff and subscribing and feeling stuck on these subscriptions and and you know let me tell you from the time i had my son up until still now uh my budget's tight uh like some people the amount of comics they subscribe to in a month like i i couldn't afford that at all like for me eight comics a month is pushing it you know like uh so i i had to you know, really start thinking about that and challenging it. And it was when I started kind of opening the door to using Comixology. Because at first I was like, I'm never going to pay money for a digital comic. That's stupid. But I would use the digital codes that I got uh, buying the Marvel books, you know? Mm -hmm. And especially when my son was a newborn, like, that's how I read my comics. I would buy them. I would use the digital code. I'd put the comics away. And then while I'm sitting there holding them, rocking them to sleep or something, I'd read on my, on my uh, iPad. And eventually you know i started finding comiXology sales for stuff that i wanted for to read for just absurdly cheap prices started turning me a little you know a little bit more and more at a time until uh you know now there's some stuff i want to collect but it's not new stuff the only thing that i was getting new was uh before my my local shop closed which luckily he decided to close of his own accord right before corona happened because it would have put him out of business um, so he closed on his own. Good for him. But I was getting, uh, Usagi Ojimbo, and I was getting a couple of Marvel titles because I could use the digital code, and then I would mail the book to somebody else when they piled up a little bit. And, uh, other than that, it's like, if I'm gonna collect stuff, I'm collecting, uh, like Chris Claremont's X-Men run. I'm working on Daredevil a little bit, uh, working on Avengers a little bit. And I've been having a lot of fun collecting, uh, stuff like, um, Marvel Comic Presents, um, and stuff like that, the, you know, stuff you might not really think about focusing on collecting, but if you just kind of are patient, they fall into your lap for, for super cheap. There's good stuff in there. For sure. Most definitely. So you thought about switching to digital. I've been following you on Twitter, obviously. So I know you're switching to more and more <laughs> digital. Um, what are you still getting physical? I mean, obviously like physical has been a little bit weird for the last couple of months, but like, what are you still uh, into getting physical right now? That is, you know, that is the, that is the big question that I'm dealing with. Um, you know, nothing has come out in a couple months, which has kind of helped this process, I think. And it's sad because, uh, in one of my tweets, I said, I really don't want to lose my, leave my LCS. I mean, that's, you know, a lot of people, they either love their LCS or they hate their LCS. or They just have no opinion about it. Um, I can honestly tell you that I have probably one of the better LCSs for customer service and personal um, customer service that that I know. Um, about seven years ago, I had congestive heart failure and was in the hospital for three weeks. And every new comic book day, the owner would come and bring me my comics to the hospital. That's awesome. And you just don't find customer service like that. And so that does build some brand loyalty, um, which is making it difficult to go strictly digital. Yeah. Um, so right now in my, in my head, I'm like, all right, I'm not really, I'm not buying Superman right now, 
but I the the collector mentality is I have to have it all like when creative changes and the book becomes readable again am I gonna go back and try to buy these at the dollar bin to fill in holes um, I would probably buy Superman if it was being written better um, someone's got like Brian Michael Bendis it's just not me mm-hmm. um, now I loved his ultimate Spider-Man I loved his Avengers run um, there are books by him that I've adored I've not got into his Daredevil yet um, that is on my to, to read list. Yeah, I didn't check that um, out too. But um, his his Superman is just not resonating with me. So here's my thing with Bendis. Uh, looking back, Bendis is a big part of what got me into comics because when I started reading X Men, it was right before the Avengers versus X Men event. Um, and they had a guy that gave all these different trades to read to kind of prepare for it. And a lot of that stuff was written by Bendis and I enjoyed the heck out of reading it. But once I had kind of gotten my, uh, comic reading feet under me and like actually knew who writers were and stuff like that, as I came across new Bendis titles, I didn't like them. Uh, I just felt they were written really homogeneously. Uh, like you could put the speech bubble on any character and it didn't matter. Um, yes. And that is so I like I I have have uh, actually had the conversation with people over the years of what what shows what Bendis is worth, you know, like what's his good points. I've had people tell me stuff and I know I got to go back and like read some of that stuff. So I've, I've gotten over my uh, my my Bendis hate because uh, I definitely was a little more sour on him than it deserved. But, um, but yeah, I mean, like I, I can totally understand like where Bendis Superman I mean, if I was a big Superman, like if Ben started writing something else that I loved, it would probably feel pretty homogenous to me compared to what I was loving, you know? Yeah, I, I mean, I went in very um, optimistic, uh, even to the point where, you know, they made such a huge deal about it, bringing, you know, two-page spreads and books, Bendis is coming. And, um, and like I said, I've, I've had decent experiences with him in the past. With, I thought his Ultimate Spider-Man was a good read. It, it Seven issues could have been told in one, but <laughs> over overall, it was a decent, you know, it was a decent story arc. Um, so I went, I mean, I went all in. I, I told the the comic shop owner, I want every cover of every book. And then I also want the, oh, Dynamic Forces is doing a signed copy. Well, I don't have Bendis' signature yet. He'll never come to South Carolina. So order me that signed copy book. So I have Bendis' signature in my collection. And um, it took me about a year, 12 issues to realize that this is just not my cup of tea. So, um, yeah. Yeah. And the cool thing with it, with modern books, like you, if you dive out of it, they're like, what's the odds that any of those issues are going to be crazy expensive. And like, this is always my point. It's kind of like the, if you're debating getting a, a warranty when you buy an electronic, right? Like they tell you spend 50 bucks and you're covered for two years or whatever. How often do you use that warranty? Like, almost never. I've never bought a warranty on something. Never. And you know what? If something ever breaks on me really quickly, I'll still end up on the plus side of the financial spectrum with it because I've never bought a dang warranty. I haven't wasted my money all these years on warranties. I'm careful with exactly. stuff, you know? It, honestly, it's like that with comics. If you say, I don't want this, and then a year later you say, hey, I, I actually do want this. 
you're gonna be able to find that stuff and even if you spend a little bit of a premium you know what like if you say i don't want this to 10 things that you actually don't want and you missed on one thing you did you're gonna come out on the positive side of it you know and with with modern comics like for the most part if you're patient and uh you know you keep your eyes out you can find stuff for dirt cheap uh i you probably saw me tweet i was tweeting about this all the time when i did it but so my, my lcs closed editor's note in hollowell maine um that, like you were saying like he's a shop i didn't want to go away from because like zach he owned the shop he was the only dude who worked there if he was doing a, a convention where he you know went set up a booth his mom was the one running the shop when he wasn't there um uh-huh. he big ninja turtle fan so like that resonated with me he actually did an episode of a of one of my old podcasts with me and talked about ninja turtles um like like legit comic fans like i go in there and talk comics and like he'd have something to say whereas like some of my other lcs's uh like the 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 guy i went to in lewiston who actually he manages pretty much like my my back issue comic shop now um but he you know he liked comics but he wasn't actively reading stuff so he never really had a lot to talk about with what was going on currently you know i still enjoyed seeing him but he was always talking about like the game he was playing you know i'd be like what about this comic i haven't read it you know but um, anyway, Zach was awesome. So he, he decides to close down because he, he had uh, decided if he wasn't um, making a good living off of it in five years, he was going to move on to another job. And that's what he did. He called his own shot and he took it, you know. But uh, he started having sales. And I got so many comics for so cheap. And I know what all my friends like. I know what people I casually know like and what they're looking for. So I was able to say, like, oh, man, he's having a sale. And uh, one of the first ones I took advantage of was he was selling long boxes of books for 60 bucks. That's a lot of books. It's like 240 books. Oh, yeah. Good price. It's like, what, a quarter of a book? So I was able to – I knew what he had because I've been through his shop and I've looked through his old inventory over and over. So I messaged a few people and said, hey, will you give me you know, 25 bucks and I'll send you a box of comics because I know what I can mail a box of comics for. I know mm-hmm. that he has stuff that they'll want, you know? So I did that, and I was able to buy a long box of comics, send boxes to people that was giving them a ridiculous deal, and I got comics for free, basically, you know? And as as he got closer... Oh, my gosh. So I don't know if you saw me tweet about this, but this was ridiculous. So right before he closes... He says, okay, 20 bucks for a long box. Because he just wants to get rid of everything. He wants everything gone. So I go, he tweets this when I'm in Portland at a museum with my wife and kid. My cousin, who also went there, texts me about it. I'm like, of course, he would do this when I'm out of town and can't go there. And he's going to be sold out. So I message him. I'm like, hey, I'm going to come in the morning and, you know, get some comics. And so he messages me back and says, come right when we open. Uh, and I was like, yeah, duh. Like, this is, this is me. Of course I'm going to be there. Um, so I got there like half an hour early and sat there like an idiot. Um, but I was the first person in and probably the only person for a long time. And I literally bought every last comic he had because I could fit everything he had left in, in a long box. But once again, I know people. So I was able to send out a few messages and flip those comics for nothing to the people I sold them to, but I paid for the whole box in a heartbeat. And I actually got a handful of stuff that I that I wanted, and I, I got like I think I ended up getting like twenty five books for my son, so that was pretty cool. You know, got him some like Ninja Turtle stuff and some other like you know, kid kid uh, targeted superhero books and whatever. 
Um, so yeah, it's like it was cool. Like it was a fun experience. Like I was glad to help my LCS get rid of the the stuff he wanted to just get rid of. It's like I might as well get the benefit of the uh, the cheap deals because like I was even though I didn't spend a ton there, like I was reliable and a good customer, you know. And like I know that that you know me going into his shop was also pleasant for him because you know unless you're a jerk, that's what you do. You like you 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 make it a good experience for everybody, right? Oh yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, it was awesome. And then, so I'm there. I'm like, I'm paying for my stuff. Uh, one of the other deals he had was 75 percent off of trades and hardcovers and stuff. So, like, I grabbed a couple of things, um, and I'm paying for it. And he gets a phone call. Like, literally, like he's rung everything up, but he hasn't swiped my card. He gets a phone call. So he's sitting there holding my card, talking on the phone. I'm waiting. Like, I'm in no rush. And uh, he gets off the phone. And of course, I was sitting there listening. I was like, well, What was that all about? He said, this guy called me. He just wants to drop off eight long boxes of comics for me to sell. And I heard him say on the phone, like, drop them off as soon as you can so I could try to sell them before the day is over. So I said, okay, uh, send me a message when you get them and I'll come right back. So I leave there and I come home and uh, my wife was like, there's chores to do and like she needed to eat lunch and... You know, and uh, and my son needed attention, so I was like, no problem. You know, you make your lunch. I got him. I'll start doing these chores. And then, like, as soon as I got my son, my son's lunch made, I get the message. The boxes are here. So I say, I got to go. I jump in the truck. I drive back down there. And I ended up buying three more long boxes of comics for 20 bucks a piece. Um, I ended up – I sold enough to not only pay for everything I bought, but to make a little bit of money off of it. But at the same time, I added, like, 150 X-Men books to my collection. Wow. Um, yeah, That's I, a nice chunk. I had I had no intentions of continuing to collect past 300. Like, I was like, okay, I'll get to the end of Claremont's run and then just stop. I ended up, like, adding 150 books between 300 and 544, which is the, the last before they, they cut that run. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I got all that. I got. Um, I ended up flipping most of the rest of it because I just I I didn't need all the comics I got, and I, I ended up like trying to give comics away left and right because I just I had too much stuff. But um, I got a bunch of Avengers stuff that I, I sold to a friend. I got Fantastic Four that I sold to a friend. Um, I got a bunch of weird odds and ends. I know there was some other stuff I got that I actually added to my collection, but like I'm I'm really like my. You said you, how big your collection is. Mine is eight short boxes, and they're not all full. Like, I keep mine tight. But, um, yeah, and so, like, I got comics for dirt cheap. Basically, I got them for free for me because I was able to, to flip them to other people. But all those other people I flipped them to, they got comics for, like, 25, 50 cents a pop, and it was stuff that they specifically wanted. So it, just, it goes to show that, like, if you're patient with stuff, like, you'll find a way to get stuff for cheap. So, you know, if you cut out a Superman now, and in a couple of years you regret that gap, as long as you're not one of those suckers that goes out and like finds it immediately, you'll get it for cheap. Always there. Yep. Unless you get those rare, like it doesn't really happen that much with Superman, but you know that Batman that just came out with the first <laughs> appearance of Punchline, which kind of goes with what you're saying. Um, you know, I was on a Star Wars kick, and I still am. But that uh, Knights are the the um, Kylo Ren. Yeah. Rise of Kylo Ren. I saw you tweet that about number. That. That number one went skyrocketing pretty quick and it, it just unbelievably fast. And uh, I wasn't paying $40 for a new book. That's, once again, your your philosophy of new books don't need to be that price. 
I got wind of that first appearance of Punchline. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to buy one of these. I'm not buying Batman currently, but I'm going to buy one of these and let's just see what happens with this book. And maybe I can flip it and, and get a, you know, the Kylo Ren book. And right off the gate, that thing was hitting about the same price as that Kylo Ren book. So I just got on Twitter and I'm like, anybody want, anybody have a Kylo Ren they want to trade for this Batman? Yeah, that was awesome. And it, 24 <laughs> hours, 24 hours later, I've got it. I've got, not only do I have an offer, but it's from somebody that is, is kind of like in the know of who I know through other people. Mm-hmm. Who is it that you traded it's, with? I want to say it was Ronnie. I'm not 100% sure. I'd have to go back and look. Um, but I want to say Ronnie nice. did it. And, um, and then I just, because work is just so hectic. We said, all right, we're going to trade on, on Friday, and then I couldn't get to the post office. So then they said, all right, we're going to do it on Saturday. And then I, I left work at 12 to go do it on Saturday, and the post office closed at 1. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't, I didn't actually get it until Monday, and I'm like, this is, dude, this is not how I do business. I apologize. So I got it to him on Monday. I sent it out on Monday, and he actually got his out on Saturday. So I felt really guilty of not getting out on the day that I said I was. But sometimes life happens. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you work the same kind of business I do, so that's, yeah. I feel oh, like, yeah. Yeah, same thing here. Like, my post office closes at 1230, so I ain't hitting it on a Saturday. <laughs> 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 oh, man. But, yeah, it's, you know, it's really cool, too, making friends in the comic community. Um, like, Ronnie, you just mentioned. Uh, mm-hmm. I He's, so he hit me up because he was considering selling his floppies because he really loves hardcovers and omnibuses and stuff. So he was kind of like feeling me out for what I thought about it. I was like, dude, you know, do what feels right to you. So he started doing that, and he was selling his stuff for crazy and, and making money and buying the, the stuff he wanted, hardcovers and omnibuses and whatever. So I saw the stuff he was getting, and I said, hey, I got some stuff. I don't necessarily want to get rid of it, but if you want it, like, I'll sell it to you for what I, I paid for it because there's other stuff I would like too, you know? So I was able to send some stuff his way. Once again, like, I'm the type, when I sell something – I'm not trying to get top dollar. I want to make a little bit and I want it to be cheap enough that even if it wasn't what you expected, you don't give a damn. You know, it's like Mm -hmm. you get a book and maybe it's not quite the condition you thought it was because it's hard to send good pictures or whatever. But you still be like, oh, man, this was such a good deal. This is still great, you know, or I got so much stuff like I just um, I sent a box of stuff. I I made a deal with uh, with one of the guys on uh, on DC everything else. to sell him a few books, I sold him like I think six Avengers comics. I packed, uh, you know, the size of a Priority Mail medium box. You can fit quite yeah. a bit in there. I, I packed that box with comics, and I also sent him two pounds of coffee because I could. Um, so yeah, I mean that's how I do business. Okay, you expected this. Okay, you, you just got a bunch more stuff, you know. But you know, it makes it more fun that way. Like, I don't want any pressure of disappointing somebody. I don't want somebody being like, "You screwed me" or "You ripped me off." But like, the biggest thing I've learned too is like, when you're when you're cool with people, like karma's real. Like, when you are overly kind to people, it may not be that same person, but it definitely comes back to you. I mean, it's it's ridiculous the amount of times people have given me comics for no reason, or you know, made me a, a trade that was definitely in my favor or something like that. So I always look to do that, and it's so fun to. You know, I was able to sell Ronnie a bunch of books for cheaper than, you know, and they were books he wanted, and I sold them for cheaper than he could have got them elsewhere. And with that money, I ended up, um, I don't know if you've seen any of this stuff going around, but, like, IDW has been doing these boxes um, that are just absurd. Uh, 
I got a Ninja Turtles one that it was 25 bucks for this box, and it was over $200 worth of books by cover price. And I got a G.I. Joe one that was, once again, 25 bucks, and it was uh, over $100 worth of books by cover price. So mm. I got, you know, $375 worth of books for 50 bucks. You know, it's just ridiculous. Uh,. I hit up uh, in stock trades, which if you ever want to buy, um, oh yeah, yeah, very familiar. Everybody should know in stock <laughs> trades. So I went on in stock trades after I sold stuff to Ronnie, and I got the three uh, Matt Kent Mind Management omnibuses, and I mm-hmm. got um, an Usagi Ojimbo. Um, there's a book that they did that was a hardcover collection of covers from Stan Sakai. That's awesome. And there's one uh, I don't know if you've seen the Hundred Project things where they like different like i got one for ninja turtles i got one for hellboy and a, a hundred different artists uh do a drawing basically of, of the property so they did something like that for stan sakai um that was to support him uh i guess what it was is his wife was having health issues and it was to support him with that um i, I didn't even know about this uh, a friend of mine who's a, the my friend who actually got me into usagi is the one who told me more about it but it was for his wife that ended up actually passing away from her health issues so that's um you know sad but like it's awesome that all these people jumped in and did something to help support him um but i was looking through it and i was like on the fence about spending the money to get it but then uh, i saw mike mignola's drawing of usagi and i had seen that around twitter before and i saw that i was like sold like that's it you know that's in there that's good enough for me everything else will be cool too but so i like i was able to get all these things because i i made a deal for somebody else that was awesome for them i was able to find i I love finding deals let me tell you love finding deals so like i found these deals (laughs) and then uh, i ended up like obviously with everything that's going on in the world right now like life is stressful so you know, I ordered this stuff and I'm looking forward to it. And then like it gets delayed and delayed and delayed. And I'm like, okay, if I at least know it's coming, I'm not going to worry about it. But it was so delayed. I was worried I was never going to get it at that point. And then I got those two boxes on the same day. Got this like stack of books, like two feet high. And I felt pretty good. Felt pretty darn good. So, but yeah, so, you know. Yeah, you know, when figuring out how to how to be a comic fan, like I think that uh, it pays a lot to not be afraid to break away from what you feel like you got to do. You know, uh, I've sold books repeatedly that I bought again, and all that tells me is that I really want them. You know, and after a couple of times of questioning it, or I mean, I've sold my comic collection twice. I sold my comic collection to help when we were buying our house. I sold my comic collection after we bought our house when money was just tight. And there's some things I literally rebought twice after, you know, like both times after doing it. And, you know, whatever. Even if you end up spending more money on it, like, you're sure you want it at that point, you know? That's uh, that's an interesting way of thinking about it, yes. Which which is why I, I don't think I could part with my Superman books again. Yeah, probably a smart call at this point. <laughs> Even though it is the majority of my collection, probably at least half of those boxes are Superman. Yeah. Um, I just, I couldn't. Yeah. Um, you get to, I mean, that's... Even though if I had a digital, you know, that's just one of those things. I could have it digitally, but I guess that's where the struggle is right now for me. Yeah. Um, 
And that's where, so like right now, you're, you're talking about whether or not you should buy the new books that are coming out. If you stop buying those, you got gaps in your collection. Go back and buy old books instead where like even if you spend, you know, 40 bucks on one issue of, of something you're missing, you're going to get that issue and you're going to really appreciate it. Even though it's going to go in a box, like maybe you put it up on your wall like, you know, I have mm-hmm. I've been building up uh, comic book frames around the the border of my walls in my office. And uh, usually whenever I get something new that I was kind of excited about, I'll throw it up there at least for a while. But eventually, mm-hmm. I mean, you only have so many spots. So, like, they're going to end up in a, in a box. Yep. But then when you go through that box, like, you can remember, like, when you bought it, how excited you were, you know, and whatever you spent on it. Like, if you're being careful about your collecting, you're going to end up probably increasing your value of all these things. One example for me is um, X-Men... Oh gosh, what issue number was it? I want to say it's 101. Uh, it was, uh, I believe, the Dark Phoenix, like the first appearance of Dark Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And I had bought that from my my comic shop that closed. Um, he was having a half-off sale. So I, I got it for, I don't remember what it was, like maybe 40 bucks at the most. You know, oh, it's a good deal. Not the fancy, you know, it's not the nicest copy, like it, but it's still like, there's a threshold for acceptable for me. Like, I, I can't stand water damage. Beyond that, like, unless it's really thrashed, like, it's probably okay for me. So, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's not perfect by any means. But now I see what that book sells for. And I think it was because I got it before the movie was announced, the, you know, the Dark Phoenix movie. That book has gone crazy. So I'm super glad that I stumbled upon it. And that was maybe the only X-Men book that I held on to when I sold my collection the last time. I sold, I had, uh, you know, Gambit's first uh, appearance. I sold that. Sold everything else. And I actually sold it back to my LCS that I had paid, I, I bought most of them from, you know. Um, so, like, I basically, like, I bought them from him, sold them back to him for less money, and then probably bought them again from him in the future for more money, you know. <laughs> but, you know, whatever. You ride the ebb and flow, and, and you learn what you really appreciate. And I don't regret any of it, you know. Figure out what you want. It's probably about time for me to go and get my son to bed. Uh, it's amazing how quick time flies by, but it's been great talking to you. Yeah, I had a, had a good time. Yeah, we should I enjoyed de- it. We should definitely do this again. Um, yeah, it's like once once you you know bust out and do it the first time, it gets a lot easier after that. Now I know I can use this uh, Skype program again, so hopefully it's recorded. We'll get this released, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I've been talking to you online for a long time. It's been good to talk to you in person, and we'll do this again sometime. Um, yeah, so everybody listening, you can find Glenn on Twitter at Knights of Glenn. Is that correct? That's correct. Good Twitter name, although uh, our Read 500 Comics in the Year group has no idea who you are anymore. Uh, <laughs> I, I stopped logging. I, it, it was too much of a hassle to log in every time I read. I mean... Those that have been diligent with it, I, I applaud them 100% because I was just like, I'm just too lazy just to go. <laughs> All right, I read this, 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 and this, and now I'm up to 380 out of 500. I, yeah. I just... That's why I'm glad I mostly read and trade. I'll read the whole trade, and I'll be like, yeah, this was 12 issues. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so you're Knights of Glenn. I'm at Who's Paul. Uh, Sparky obviously isn't on right now, but... Um, we, we definitely got to do this again sometime, and it would be great if we got you on with Sparky, because he's a big Star Wars fan, um, and I have tried my whole life to be a Star Wars fan, and I just haven't figured out how yet. I'm sure it'll come someday, but um, 
probably when my son is interested enough. Like, I think it's one of those things that if I get somebody to watch it with me, I'll get into it more. But, uh, yeah, I, I appreciate it. But, you know, just, just not my, you know, obsession, I guess. But, anyways, great talking to you, Glenn. We'll do this again sometime. No, I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. Everybody have a good night. The day is happier after the show. That wasn't terrible. That was pathetic. Boom. <laughs> <laughs>